a rich tradition. College Football Podcast is now live. And welcome back to that A Rich Tradition, a college football podcast where two guys have one love, and that is college football. Tonight, we have a very special episode uh, where I'm I am without Spencer um, because he has a radio job that he is on the air right now down in Valdosta, Georgia. But I had the privilege of um, being able to sit down just for a few minutes uh, with a uh, I guess a buddy of a buddy of mine, <laughs> uh, uh, D- David Waters. Uh, hey, man, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, just counting down, you know, here in Jacksonville, uh, of course, you know, in, in, in the city of our game. Uh, just, you know, re- ready for these next few days just to fly by. So are you there? You live there or are you there already? Uh, I live in Jacksonville. Yeah. Okay. So, All right. uh, yeah, it's uh, I was born in Jacksonville, raised in southeast Georgia, Came back to Jacksonville right, right out of college, and uh, of course, you know, so uh, many connections to the city, uh, of course, and and uh, the, the game being here means so much. Yeah, have I ever told you that I lived in Jacksonville, went to school down there for two years? No, no, no. When, uh, yeah, um, when and where? I went. I went to Trinity Baptist College. Okay. Down in Jacksonville from 2004 to 2006. Okay, I got here in 2006. So. Oh well, there you go. Um, <laughs> it is a small, um, it is a small private college. Um, I went there to uh, play soccer, and um, and just be great, you know, um, trying to learn about Jesus as I as I like to do, and uh, <clears throat> but it, but I, I loved living in Jacksonville. It was um, just such a beautiful city. Okay, so I know. I have to get this out of the way first because it has been a huge discussion this week or this the past few days. The Georgia-Florida game has been renewed to 2023 to stay in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, for those that don't know, the Georgia-Florida game is one of those rare games that has actually been at a neutral site. You can correct me if I'm wrong, David, but since the 30s. Yep. Correct? Yep. Um, but what I want you to do just really quickly is – Plot out your defense of why you think this game should start in Jackson, stay in Jacksonville forever. First off, college football is built on tradition. We know tradition that we, we know tradition to be what, what what the sport is built upon. And it, to me, there is no better tradition than this game being in Jacksonville, being at a neutral site. Um, they have so many memories here. Uh, there so so many so many traditions are being taken away uh, from college football. You. Um, when realignment happened in, in the Big 12, you now no longer have Nebraska and OU and, and, and a lot of you know, Texas and Nebraska, a lot of those built-time old, old rivalries. When the SEC expanded, Florida and Auburn don't play anymore. Uh, when, when it expanded in the early 90s, Florida basically had to get rid of playing Miami every year because they play Florida State every year now. And you know, no program's going to sit there and schedule Miami and FSU every year uh, but, and play, play, and play an SEC schedule. So you know, traditions have kind of just fallen by the wayside you know, through the '90s and the 2000s and, and you know 2010s and, and, and teen years uh, in recent years now, and you know this is one that that I hope never goes away. Uh, it it for personally for me it it means so much. I, I'm here in Jacksonville. The game means a lot to me. I was raised in Southeast Georgia. A lot of my best friends are Georgia fans. This was our shortest trip. This was our you know, this was our home game. It was my Georgia fans' home game. It was my home game as a Gator fan because it was our closest game. So, you know, it personal personally, I, I you know I, I I'll be selfish. I don't want the game to move, but because of that, so many memories here, so many connections, and 
uh, you know, for the college football part of it, it's just I, I hate seeing traditions go away. You know, the, the college football playoff comes along and you know people are split on that. If that's a good thing, if that's better than the bowl system, uh, doesn't include you know, too many teams. So there's too many traditions in college football that are going away. Look, I, I never hear and I, don't get me wrong. I'm not close to it. Nowhere near as close to it as I am this game. But we never hear about Texas and Oklahoma moving away from the Cotton Bowl. I've never ever heard that discussion never ever heard one of those schools uh want, want to move that game away from the cotton bowl uh, that game you know is a college football tradition it is a staple in college football and i think college and i do I, and i do think florida georgia in jacksonville is a is is along that same cloth there uh, of texas no you of being just a being a different game because of where it's played the neutral side instead of just becoming a, a another rivalry there's some uniqueness to it Okay, so a, a lot to unpack there because I, I actually agree with you with a lot of that. I am of the I'm of the mindset that I just I think it would be fun to see an occasional home and home. I, I that is just something for me because I live now in Atlanta, like north of Atlanta. So going to a Georgia Florida game is really hard for for me. Like it, it, it just like what you're saying. You know, this is like one of the only games I get to go see. You know, like. It's almost impossible for me to go to a Georgia Florida game, and especially now having a kid. Um, and so, just and and but also just there's something great to me about having your rival come to your to your stadium. And at the same time, though, I I, I can I experience a dichotomy where I want that and and I appreciate that, and I would occasionally want that. But at the same time, I do love the tradition of it being a neutral site field. I, I think uh, our friend, a, a new, another mutual friend of ours, Caleb King, um, mm-hmm. makes a really made a really good point that I think one of the biggest problems I have with the cocktail party is the fact, or any new, neutral site game, is that recruits can't come. Oh, yeah, that I, needs I just, to be changed. I, yeah. I, I think that's stupid. I think yeah. that's idiotic, um, and that should change. <clears throat> I will say this to the Oklahoma-Texas game. I think a lot of people, no one complains about that, is because it's attached to the fair, like the the, the huge fair that goes on during that game. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, like, State I, fair. yeah. I, yeah, I think I think that might have something to do why there's not a lot of pushback uh, or wanting that to change. I, I just here here's what I hate, David, and I think you'll agree with this to a, a degree. I just hate how absolute people are about like. Georgia fans to Florida fans or Florida fans to Georgia fans, like if you are against the neutral site, because it's no one can have a rational, a rational desire to just want the game to be home and home. Like if a Georgia fan wants it to be home and home, it's, oh, you just you just want to complain because it's in Florida and not in Georgia. You know what I'm saying? Like that, like I I think that's stupid. I think you, you, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, you you and that yeah you put that on, out on Twitter. You know, basically when I went, uh, kind of on my rant about, about the game staying in Jacksonville. Yeah, but you had you had the best reason for it. It's just because you wanted in Athens. It wasn't there was no excuse for it. There was no okay. Georgia travels on by by plane and Florida travels by bus or the games in Jacksonville or you know in the state of Florida. How is that? You know how how is that equal? You know, that that that's the stuff I I can't stand about it. If you just want it in Athens just to just to be able to go and and just uh you know just for just for it to be different just for it to be uh you know just in Athens just to go enjoy it as a fan and as as you're saying you just kind of want to see that happen I can buy that much more than making excuses to move the game. 
it's nothing against people, Florida fans, who want to keep the game there. I, I'm all for that. I actually am for a neutral site game. I I just think they're – man, I just would love to see Florida between the hedges. I, I think that, again, it's just a selfish desire. But at the same time, I don't get dogmatic and like, oh, man, I have to fight somebody uh, yeah. you know, on this. And, and I think that's I think that's probably where, you know, as always, we have just some – some crazy fans who want to get angry. Um, yeah, I, so, I could accept it. I could accept it if they did home and home as long as they kept Jacksonville in the rotation. Uh, yes. I, don't get me wrong. I, I, I still don't want that, but I would accept it. I, I wouldn't, you know, I, I wouldn't get on top of a mountain and scream, no, how could you do this? Uh, no, if, if, if they want to go home and home, at least keep Jacksonville in the rotation, whether it be Gainesville, Jacksonville, Athens, Jacksonville, or Gainesville, Athens, Jacksonville, Jacksonville, you know, in a four year rotation, something like that. I, I could live with that. Uh, don't get me wrong. Like I said, I, I wouldn't yeah. want it, but I could live with it. I, I think, I think honestly for me, something that made me happy, just like once every 10 years, like do a home and home back yeah. to back, you know, like yeah. I'm actually perfectly fine with with it being eight years, eight, eight years at, at in Jacksonville. And then like year nine and 10, let's flip, flip and rotate. I, I, I think just for me, again, the aesthetic of seeing that disgusting orange and blue in, in between <laughs> the hedges. Um, but but anyway, um, you know, so for, for those that can't tell, we are going to just kind of dissect the game and, and just talk about it from a respectful point of view and then from a disgusting fans point of view. Um, <laughs> and, and so just, and this won't be a long, a long episode is either, but um, kind of let me, let me throw something at you and, and you did not know that I was going to do this, but okay. if I asked you to give me the scouting report on Georgia, what is it? Like, you don't have to go super in detail, but just the highlights scouting report of Georgia. What, what would you say? A, very fast, solid to great defense and an offense. I still think they know their identity, but don't want to stick with it for some reason. Uh, the offense is built behind DeAndre Swift. Uh, you have a, I, I still think, great quarterback in, in Jake Fromm, but sometimes it just an indecisive offense. It acts like it just doesn't know what it wants to do at times. And you know, I'm pretty sure that goes back to offensive coordinator James Coley. It just looks indecisive. You know it's there. You know it's better. But for whatever reason, it doesn't come together when when you think it should or or, or when you think it would. Uh, there you're still putting up a whole bunch of points. Still putting up a whole bunch of yards. Uh, but that that's kind of my my short scouting report on Georgia. Okay, that's great. I well, let me ask you this uh, to to throw it in there. What about Kirby Smart? Um, the end of the South Carolina game when him and Will Muschamp were going back and forth, uh, making so many uh, questionable decisions. Uh, mm-hmm. They're way way heavy uh, on there because you know you go back to his first year in the Tennessee game and and the squib kick that kept Tennessee in that game and the Hail Mary wins. Uh, the second twenty six for Alabama. You know there's there's things you can point to, but look, those were under microscopes. So, I mean, especially the national championship game. There's no bigger microscope than that. Of course, every little negative detail is going to get pointed out. Uh, the, the Justin Fields fake punt last year on you know one of the biggest stages in college football in the SEC championship game. So. A lot of it is just because uh, a lot of Kirby's mistakes, his biggest mistakes have come when the microscope is on the Georgia program. 
all in all, he's a he's a darn good head coach. He's got one of the most talented rosters out there. And look, with that comes expectations uh, there. And and, and this year, the expectations were set high as they should be. Uh, You know, Georgia has went years where the expectation was high, but not as high as it was this year. And you know, Georgia fans wanted to be in that conversation year in and year out as a college football uh, national championship contender. And they're there right now uh, in, in the conversation every year. So every little mistake Kirby makes is going to get magnified. So uh, I, he, he is a good head coach. You, you don't go win. You know, you don't go to a national championship game. You don't go to another SEC championship game uh, the year after without being a good head coach. I w- I'm surprised at how positive you are. Not not because I thought you were going to bash him. I just I've never heard you talk about Kirby Smart really. So I kind of just wanted to see what you thought. Um, okay, uh, I will defend this, and and people have heard me defend this, and but you have not, and so I just want you to hear this: the fake punt against Bama. McCole Hardman is wide open if Fields just throws the dang ball. Yeah, I just want I just want to make that very clear. If Fields throws the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Georgia possibly wins that game and we're not talking about the what if and Fields right. may still be on the team today. I don't know. But I don't even I don't even I didn't even want Fields on the team. I thought he should have stayed at Penn State. But that's beside the point. Um uh, we, we, we we would have taken him in Gainesville. Yeah, oh, oh of course you would. Of course you would. Um and and because you run an offense that would use him to the yeah, utmost exactly. of his ability. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh like the, the people who and, and this is conjecture and completely side note, but I, I think you will, you will agree with me on my rationality of the Justin Fields situation is that it it's really it's really not about Georgia misusing him or not or choosing from over him. It's Fields was not his skill set is not for a pro style offense, and that's what Kirby wants to run right now. And I don't think it's far fetched to say Kirby wanted Justin Fields to keep him away from other schools. That I, I wouldn't disagree with that. I, I would not disagree with with that at all. I just the the way well, I I've think seen, that's the sole reason, but it it it's yes. an added it was an added bonus. And 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 as I've said before on the other podcast, there are a lot of things behind closed doors that people are not privy to. That it's not because he wasn't being played while he left. There there's a lot of st- and I'm talking about the racial thing at the baseball game. Um, I'm like there were some issues in the locker room that was going to get him kicked off the team possibly if he continued because and and this is this is just weird it's a weird situation i just stand by this both teams both georgia and ohio state are prospering from the quarterback that they have now and i think that's okay and that needs to be okay um and so i've kind of just moved on from it but people continue to freaking bring it up every gosh dang week um <laughs> but my to 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 switch the roles for a second to me, to give the to the report of of uh, of Florida, mm-hmm. I think Florida quite possibly has the best front seven in the SEC, if not the best, definitely arguably top three. Um, I don't know. I don't know if the game against LSU is more of exploitation of their DBs or if it's just hey, it's just one of those games, or LSU just might be that great. Um, so I don't know on the back end how truly awesome or good they are. Um, offensively, I think when you have a Dan Mullen offense, Dan Mullen is one of those type of coaches. I call him a Swiss Army knife type of play caller. He's going to use what works. And if the run doesn't work, he's going to use the pass to then go back and see if the run will work again. You know, like I, yep. I think Dan Mullen does a great job of using the tools that he's given. 
I, I, my criticisms for Dan Mullen have always been more on the recruiting side of things. Yep. And, and also sometimes at, at the end of games, he doesn't make the best decisions in my opinion. Um, but that doesn't that doesn't like you just said about Kirby. That doesn't mean he sucks. That doesn't mean he's a bad coach. I just think that there are some decisions that have been made, specifically when he was at Mississippi State against Ole yeah, Miss. But, and he, yeah, go ahead. I'm say, sorry. At, at, yeah, I was about to say at, at, you're, you're right. At Mississippi State, that was a worry too. At, at Florida, been a really good fourth quarter team. Yes, and 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 so like, and that's part of it too. I think just how like Kirby has only been a head coach. At George, he's only been a head coach period for four years. I I think that it's okay to give Kirby a little bit of, not because I'm a Georgia fan, but just in general, give him a little bit of leeway because he's only been doing this for four years. He's only had to make these kind of calls for four years. The same thing for me with Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen's only been at Florida for two years. And we've seen him overachieve with mediocre to good talent at, at Mississippi State, which we all know. Um, but I just don't know what he is. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I'm still my question. I still have a question mark over Dan Mullen of whether he is that national championship caliber coach. I know he's got the freaking offensive mentality to do so. Um, I, but I will say this: I am, I am heavily critical of Todd Grantham. But but and but <laughs> most, right most Georgia so. most Georgia fans are. <laughs> but but and it's, but it's not some like spiteful like oh yeah he he was at Georgia and he sucks or you know he sucks now because he's not there anymore. No, it's because I saw bad, I saw bad versions of Todd Grantham, yep. and I saw bad versions of him at Mississippi State. I saw bad versions of him at Louisville, and I haven't necessarily seen bad versions of him at uh, you know um, at Florida yet. But I, again, it's I still don't just I don't know. But I will say this about Florida. My my concern for Florida, and it's not about Georgia, it's about any team they play, is their offensive line. Is oh, yeah. are they going to run block this game or are they gonna pass block? Are they gonna pass block or are they gonna run block? Oh hey, we're gonna do both this game. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that that is where so that is my very long winded scouting report of Florida. do you have any pushback or anything to comment on? Uh, as far as Mullen goes, the recruiting part of it, yeah, that that was the question of him coming from Mississippi State uh, to Florida. And look, he, he has recruited better than what Jim McElwain uh, did, not quite as good. Now, here's the thing. Rankings say not quite as good as Will Muschamp. But if you go back and look at a lot of those Will Muschamp teams, they were so imbalanced towards the defensive side of the ball. The offensive line was Yeah, y'all had no offense. You, yeah. You had, yeah. Yeah, offensive line was a joke. Quarterback recruiting he couldn't keep a quarterback uh, there. You know, Dan Mullen. These these last two years, the classes have been good. Now, this past class, of course, some of those guys left and, and never played a down for Florida uh, there. So, you know, we'll end up seeing where it is. But you know, if you look at the final recruiting rankings in February, he had to retool this offensive line. Florida had no depth along the offensive line. At at, at one point, it was better to get bodies than go out there and, and you know and try and go get three, four stars or, and, and a five-star to, to tag along with that. He needed to go get bodies because Florida was – I mean, look, we, we see it this year about the, the young guys that are all on the offensive line this year. It's because Jim McElwain didn't leave a whole lot. You had three guys leave last year. You had to replace those with young guys. Just in his second year, Dan Bowles having to replace three offensive, offensive linemen. They needed bodies, and they knew they needed bodies, so they had to go out there and get it. So now – you know, some time has passed, uh, and you know the recruiting. It will have to get better, and, and I think the I won't necessarily say angst. That's too much of a of a word. Uh, but 
in in looking at what people know Dan is a good head coach. He good the great head coach. To get up there to where you can constantly compete with Saban and maybe, you know, and Dabo and try and put on that elite level. I think a lot of people say if if Dan Mullen had that talent, if Dan Mullen had mm-hmm. that Percy Harvin, Tim Tebow type of talent, if the if he had the the the, the high level four stars and five stars, Kirby Smart's getting that Nick Saban's getting that Dabo Sweeney's getting no doubt in a lot of people's minds. He could coach him good enough. To, to, to be up there. So I think that's where a lot of the recruiting worry comes in is because if he had it, a lot of people think he could, he could stay up there since he doesn't have it. He's got to coach his tail off every single game. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree with everything you just said. I, I, I'm one of those people that actually respect Dan Mullen a lot. Um, I, I do not respect his, his recruiting background, but I do respect him as a coach. His development is probably better than most in the country. I, I, I don't know how he does it. You know, um, while I, while a lot of people give him so much credit for quarterback play, I, I don't, I don't necessarily do that. I give him credit for just overall play and, yeah. and because I mean, look, the over under for Florida this year was what eight coming into the season. Yeah, I think it was eight. I think it was set eight and a half, so people would have to go <laughs> you know, eight yeah, or nine. Yeah, so. like it, it, it was it was eight eight and a half, and it, this is easily a ten win team now. You know, like and I, I'm not I'm not saying that I'm predicting anything. I'm just saying, like you know, this is easily yeah. a ten win or more team, and that's really impressive, especially with with what y'all had coming in. And and so moving forward, like I, as far as his recruiting stuff, I'm very curious to see what happens on both sides of the ball with Dan Mullen and how he recruits. Um, but, but let's, let's, let's fade back to the game yeah. this week. Okay. Whose game. Okay. Who's hurt more by a loss this weekend? Ah, oh, man, I, I gotta say Georgia just because, and I don't know where you're, I guess, quite coming from with the question, but, just coming into the season and, and all the expectations, I, I think it has to be Georgia. Uh, and, you know, Florida's still, Florida's still a building program. And two years yep. in a row, Florida's you know, two years in a row, they've made this a top 10 matchup, but, you know, it, much to the surprise of a lot of people. Uh, so you, you come in, in in year two and, you know, the, the narrative coming into this season was the SEC East is Georgia and it's really nobody else. Yes. Florida was picked second back at SEC media day, but not, Many people giving them a chance uh, to to win the East, and the Florida win Saturday. The, more than likely, it sets up very very well that they'll they'll win the East and play in Atlanta uh, in December. And now all that thought was for Georgia coming into the season. And, and look, I I picked Georgia in the preseason to, to win the SEC East. I there, so <laughs> yeah, I mean, so that that that's why the pressure is on Georgia here is because yeah. if you lose here. It's two SEC losses. You still have Auburn. You still have A&M coming up as well. That if you lose this game, look a lot more questionable. Georgia should be and, and will be favored in those games uh, coming up. But, you know, you still you don't know how this team could react to, to, to their second loss of the, of the season. Uh, a lot more questions about not, not you know, don't get me wrong. Kirby Smart's job security is not in question at all when they lost to Florida, but a lot of questions start to arise. Is, okay, what 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 is holding Georgia back? Why, can't, why <laughs> James can't Coley's win? job might be <laughs> yeah. like James yeah. Coley might not make the bus back to Athens if 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 they right, lose right. for another uh, piss poor offensive performance. But I'm sorry, keep going. 
Yeah, so I mean, th- that's what it is. It, it, it's uh, more questions start to arise of what's going on at Georgia if, if Florida comes out with a victory in Jacksonville. So that, that's why I think the pressure's on Georgia because just that, you know, if Florida loses, I mean, granted, when we get to Saturday and game day and SEC Nation makes their pick, it could be very well split between Florida and Georgia. But coming into the season, you know, it, it, it wasn't. So I think we kind of maybe fall back to the narrative of, okay, this is kind of where Florida was supposed to be anyway. But if Georgia loses, that is that wasn't the narrative, uh, you know, just two short months ago. Okay, so the reason why I asked that question is because I, I thought I thought I was being biased for thinking that Georgia Georgia has the most to lose, and yeah. and and so and so for you to affirm that makes me feel like okay, I'm not being because I I really do try to be as objective as possible, but when it comes to this game, I'm just usually not. And I really just do feel that way. Like, like you were just saying, everything you just said, I completely agree with. And at the same time, I think Florida has the most to gain from this win. Um, because look, if Georgia wins, let's just say for, for just craps and giggles, Georgia wins this game. They win by double digits. Everyone is just now saying, okay, it was just a blip for the last two weeks. Everything's yeah. fine now. UGA is fine. Let's put them back in the tier where we had them. You know, it's going to be status quo as usual. But if Florida were to win, it's now, oh crap, this team, Dan Mullen may have something special going here. And, and not just moving forward, but just this season. This season may be a season of, you know, you, may, you guys may get a rematch against LSU. Yeah, and as someone who knows firsthand what it feels like to get a rematch with a team in the SEC championship, it feels great to <laughs> yeah. to to face Auburn one time, get shellacked, and then face them again. Okay, it feels great. So I, I I am I'm so curious as to the mentality of both teams coming in because both of our teams, um, if, if for those that don't know, both of our teams, uh, Georgia and Florida, lost the same weekend. Us losing what I can only call a disaster game to lose. And you guys lost a very close one in Baton Rouge at night to the number one team in the country. And then the following week, we both played games in monsoons, and we just yep. took care of business. That, that that's that's the only thing I can say is we took care of business. Um, so and now, here's the, here's the thing, Robbie. Coming into the season, even though I picked Georgia, I, I said this was the year for Florida because everything you had coming back. You had Felipe Franks, their returning starting quarterback, coming back. You had skill players coming back. You, know, you go seven, eight deep at receiver, and you feel comfortable going seven, eight deep or seven, eight deep at receiver for Florida. You had Lamichael P. Ryan. You had some running back depth coming back. You had all the de- defensive players coming back. Yeah, there were questions along the offensive line, but you had so much coming back. You had Dan Mullen's second season, and, and I did say to myself, if there was a year, this is the year to get Georgia because because of all that, and you know Georgia making so many coordinator changes. I, I, that that was my biggest question for Georgia coming yep. in. Yeah, I picked Georgia. I was comfortable picking Georgia, and you know, but I still said in, in, in the back of my mind, if there is a year, just because of all the talent coming back for Florida, and I went back and you know with Athlon and Lindy's and all the preseason magazines were coming out. Florida had a lot of players on those preseason lists. I was like, look, they don't, Florida may not go four or five deep on that list, but teams one, two, and three, there's a lot of Florida players on there. Mm-hmm. And staying healthy was was part of you know Florida making a run. I think we we all knew that injuries happen, so that's why we could predict maybe uh, you know a, a one, two, three loss max at the season. Well, you know Florida 
has found a way to get past injuries. Grenard's been out. Zuniga's been out. C.J. Henderson's been out. Uh, Felipe Franks, your starting quarterback goes down, and you're still sitting coming into November with one loss. So, you know, everything, you know, I, I come in saying you know, this was Florida's, you know, a, a really good chance for Florida to, to, to get Georgia, and here we are in November, and, and, and it's playing out that way. What what causes Florida to lose this game? The I mean, the, the, there is a simple thing. I, sometimes football is an easy game to to predict, uh, and, and some I, I do think this one is. Florida struggled the last couple of weeks, uh, stopping the run game against LSU, stopping the run game against South Carolina. Georgia with a bye week, I think, is you know they're they're going to settle down. Figure out what they do well uh, in the bye week, and we know what Georgia does well. We know DeAndre Swift is that guy. You mean run the, outside the tackles? Run outside who, the tackles. Who, who freaking <laughs> knew that? Did you did you know did did you know they ran one time outside the tackle in the first half against Kentucky? Did not do did not look very well, and then the second half they scored three touchdowns running to the outside of the tackles. Did you know that, David? That's what that's what I kept going back to is sometimes it looks like just Georgia's offense doesn't know what they want to do, uh, and, and, oh. and and that's part of it. The, the okay, <laughs> thank you, thank you for humoring me there. Uh, okay, but okay, so stopping the run, is, is there anything else to add there, or is is that really just about it? And, and just to keep it, you know, I mean, I'm sure we'll go to both sides of the ball here. But uh, you know, on defense, I still think, you know, Jake Fromm killed Florida on third down last year. Florida did a good job of getting Georgia in the third long situations. But you know what? Jake Fromm played his best game of the season, you know, bouncing back after the LSU game uh, a year ago. So I always go back to that, you know, this time. Hey, look, a lot of these same questions that we asked about Georgia's offense, not quite, you know, it's a little louder this year. Uh, but we were asking those questions because Georgia went to Baton Rouge and Jake Fromm uh, probably played one of his worst games uh, as a Georgia quarterback, bounced back and played one of his best games uh, with, with a bye week going before uh, the, the Florida game last year. So that's what I'm kind of looking at, uh, you know, when this, when this Georgia uh, offense is on the field. And, and for Florida's defense, or, or for Florida's offense, there is is can Kyle Trask just keep playing well uh, and, mm-hmm. and get and get the ball to 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 the playmakers? Georgia, I mean, I'm telling you, one of the fastest defenses out there, and, and people and, don't realize how good Georgia's defense is. And you you know what I'm saying? Like I, I know you're going there, but to to toot Georgia's horn for a second, they people aren't people just focus on how bad the offense is. They're not really focusing on how good the defense has been. I'm not saying that they're elite. I'm not saying they're top five or anything like that, but they have looked really great at times this season, but go ahead. Yeah. And, and, and what, and what's going to happen if Georgia wins this game, I'm going to give them a whole lot of credit because I, I do think this Florida offense is good. I do think oh, this, I Florida, do. this Florida offense is humming right now. And I do. And it's, I think some of the questions for, you know, some of us Gator fans kind of looking at, what has Georgia played up to this point? And you know, Notre Dame, Ian Book, that that quarterback, that offense, the best offense so far uh, that Georgia uh, that Georgia has faced. Notre Dame did some good things in that game. Overall, I still think Georgia did what they wanted to uh, on yep. On, yep. on on defense. But the last few weeks, you know, you got uh, Helinski goes down. South Carolina's playing a wide receiver at quarterback. Lynn Bowden comes in for Kentucky, wide receiver playing quarterback. Uh, Tennessee, uh, Brian Maurer making his first start uh, against this Georgia defense. So now, you know, uh, I think a really good test in seeing how far this Florida offense has come and seeing how far this Georgia defense has come since that Notre Dame game, uh, I think is a really, really good matchup to kind of see because I, I think this Georgia defense is really good. And I really do think this Florida offense is really good. And I think that that's going to be as much as Florida's going to have to stop the run, you know, DeAndre Swift's going to get his. Florida's not going to sit there and 
limit DeAndre Swift to 13 carries for 40 yards. That's not nah, going to happen. Yeah, That's yeah. not going to happen. So there's going to be times when Kyle Trask is going to have to go out there and make a play. Because I don't, I don't this, this Florida defense isn't going to, I mean, offense isn't going to magically find their run game uh, this week. I think they could be better. I got to hope not. <laughs> but they're not. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't predict they're magically going to go out there and run for 200 yards. So there are going to be plays where, Kyle Trask is going to have to, to to make plays, much like he did in Baton Rouge. If Georgia goes scores, you got to go respond, and I, that's kind of where that's kind of where I'm I, I'm at on, on this game in this in this Florida offense. Is they're going they're, there's going to be times they're going to have to go out there and they're going to need a score or they're going to have to go score. That was that was well done. Um, okay, for what's going to cause Georgia to lose. I, I think you know the answer. I think it's actually pretty easy. I don't think it's. I don't think the defense will be the reason why they lose. Even though you know scoring points means your defense didn't stop them. I, I think at the end of the day, if the vanilla offense that has shown up for you know four of the six weeks of the year or five of the seven, however many freaking games we've played so far this year, there's only been two games where they've where the offense has actually looked elite at times. If Georgia's if Georgia has not figured their offense out, if they're still vanilla, that is what keeps them. That is what causes them to lose the game. Um, I think it's like people. I, I can't. I cannot remember the stats, and I need to f- go back and find it. But there is a ridiculous stat that shows when when uh, Jake Fromm is running no huddle offense, he literally has the best passer rating in the country. Mm. But whenever he is, whenever it's beat by beat, play, you know, running plays normally, he's got, you know, uh, oh, a, a measly, you know, 68% passing, <laughs> you know, just, you know, he's just so horrible. Um, but, but, you know, it, it's, 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 it's remarkably different. Um, and well, to speak on that point, Robert, just right quick, I mean, yeah, going, go, going back to the LSU game and going back to the uh, South Carolina game, Florida got caught a few times, not lined up. Uh, when, when LSU sped it up, when South Carolina sped it up, and yeah. big plays happened because defensive tackles weren't in. But now this is more for the run game, uh, of course, the run defense. They weren't in position, and LSU and South Carolina gashed them at times because Florida just wasn't set on defense. Yeah, and and so I I, I think that I think the Achilles heel that causes that helps Florida or makes Florida win this game is if another vanilla offense shows up by Georgia. Um, I'm not saying I'm not worried about our defense. That's not what I mean. I just, if I'm looking for the kryptonite, if I'm looking for the the secret passage to Florida's victory, it's it, it's easily the giant door that is possibly James Coley. Um, but as I've said before, um, and I don't know if you've listened to the podcast after that game with South Carolina, but um, from from it's not all Coley's fault. There were wide open receivers. Mm-hmm. That from just either didn't see, overthrew, or refused to throw the ball to. So I, I think it's it's just a culmination of a huge problem with the offense that I hope got fixed. I'm I'm pray to God it got fixed. Okay, <laughs> um, I, I think there was one other question I was going to ask you. Um, yeah. Okay, take take off your rational hat for a second. All right. What do you think? You're just a, a super fan right now. What do you think can happen in this game? Like, what do you think will happen in this game? Just a super fan, like what you with the ideal situation for you. So you want me to you want me to go homer? Yeah, go homer, bro. Okay, just, just go do it. Just, full just homer do it. here. Uh, Dan Mullen knows the importance of this game, uh, and uh, that I think uh, any he knows the opportunity Florida has uh, right here. Todd Grantham, uh, go. I think he was kind of in 
embarrassed last year uh, for this game and embarrassed a couple weeks ago at LSU with the way this defense has played uh, there. I, I, you know, going full homer, I think the, the bye week, getting Grenard and Zuniga back on the uh, on the field, Florida you know, forces Georgia into some th- into some third and longs. And, 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 you know, if I could dream a scenario up uh, for, for this game, Georgia's in third and long because of what you say, maybe a, a predictable offense by Georgia, Georgia, uh, Florida stops Georgia on first down, forces them into some third and longs eventually, and Grenard and Zuniga coming back just you know sit there and, and can tee off uh, on Jake Fromm. Even though this Georgia offensive line is you know if one of if not the best offensive lines in, in the country, maybe, you know, maybe Jake Fromm has to hold on to the ball a little bit because these receivers can't get open against Marco Wilson, C.J. Henderson, and he has to hold on to the ball a little bit and he gets hit hard, sack fumble, and, and, and it's that type of game. You know, going back to you know. No, it will not be anywhere near this. But going back, look, Zuniga and Grenard have barely played together this year. But you go back to the first game of the year where everybody's watching. And it's like 1.9 yards a carry, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, for for running the ball, it's like 1.9 yards Hey, aren't you glad I knew carry. that? Aren't yeah, you there you go. Like, it, it, look at me. Look, I, I do my re- do my research. I do my research. <laughs> but that's only go been ahead, like, but that's only been like two games. It's been, yeah. So, <laughs> so you know, we'll, we'll see if they can maybe keep that up. But that, th- that's it. Yeah, these guys coming together, they, they help. As you said, hey, look, DeAndre Swift needs to run outside. Well, maybe he can't run outside because Grenard and Zuniga are, are there. You know, Jonathan Grenard is so instrumental in setting that edge as a, as a defensive rusher. Uh, you don't think of defensive ends so integral in, in in run defense, but in setting the edge, maybe pushing him back inside, let David Reese eat, eat, eat up a tackle there. You know, th- that's that's the kind of scenario uh, maybe where I, you know, I, I can see I, I can actually see playing out if I want to go Homer. Can I be Homer for a second? Absolutely. Je- <laughs> After that press conference where Kirby Smart said he 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 loves what J- James Coley is doing. He actually walked into the locker room, looked James Coley <laughs> right in the face, and said, you either get this right or you're fired. Yeah. And over the last two weeks, there's just been a metamorphosis of the of James Coley from a, <laughs> from a, a not, cons- not consistent play caller to basically, let's say, Josh McDaniels. Okay, just, just consistent, <laughs> understands the game, is going to do a great job calling plays. Um, but also, Jake Fromm just puts on the hat that he's been wearing for the last three years. And he just deals. Yeah. And, it, it, you know, we, we use the big-bodied offensive linemen who are athletic. And, you know, I, I'll tell you this. I don't think uh, – Georgia has not shown to be even a top-five offensive line in these last two weeks. Right. There's been moments, but there hasn't been full games. But this game, they put it together, finally. Um, and Swift, Zamir, Brian Harrion, they eat. And Jake Fromm deals. And just – I look. Auburn is actually the team that I hate. I, I don't hate Florida. I hate Auburn with every ounce of my being. <laughs> but I would love, just love, to see an Eric Stokes corner blitz to just crush Trask. Just, just. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about a legal hit. Just yeah, yeah, one, yeah. Good, just one good hit of of a of a sack fumble because Georgia is like 89th in the country in turnovers. Yeah. Um, like. And the funny thing is, like, we I know that sounds horrible, but at the same time, they're only allowing like nine points a game. So, like, it's it's kind of a give or take. It's just the way Kirby plays. You know, Kirby calls defenses. Um, you know, uh, Kirby likes to put everyone in, in coverage, and we're gonna lock you down, and we're gonna use our speed to our advantage. But anyway, I I that's what I that's what I would love to see a homer side of this is just see 
just see this offense be what I know it can be because there's not a chance in the world anyone's going to make me believe that Georgia doesn't have the talent to put up numbers like LSU and Bama have. There's just no there's no one in the country that's going to make me believe otherwise. And I would love just to see it hit its potential. Um, but we're at like 40 minutes now, and <laughs> I know that both of us have children and families to go to, but I, I have to get this from you. It's yep. Tuesday night at 7.40 p.m. What is your prediction, sir? This is going in the record books. All right, 27-24 Gators, and it will be uh, a, a field goal uh, near the end of the game that that pulls it away for the Gators. I went back and just talked about, you know, there's going there's to have to be a drive. Kyle Trask puts together to go get points. It is going to be, you know, Florida's last offensive drive of the game. Okay. And a surprising turn of events. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm going 31-27 uh, Florida. Whoa. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I am not worried about Kirby Smart. I am not worried about yeah. Dan Lanning. I, I need to be proven that James Coley knows what the crap he's doing in a, in a game that matters. Um, I trust Jake Fromm. I, I, you yep. know, even though people want to bash, I like, how can I not trust Jake Fromm? Fromm? I, like, I, agree. I agree. Like, how in the freaking world could I not trust Jake Fromm? Like even the quote unquote bad games that he that he's had at the Florida the the at LSU and the at Auburn games, he had record drops in those games in the end zone, mind you, in LSU and at Auburn, both three touchdowns apiece in both games. Riley Ridley, McCole Hardman, and Tar- Terry Godwin, all three ironically dropped a pass in both the Auburn game and LSU game, and and so you know Fromm is looked at as having these couple of bad games. But the truly bad game was the South Carolina game. And how can I not trust him? It has nothing to do with him. It has everything to do with the fact is I don't trust James Coley. And so and and I just think there's a part of me that just thinks that Florida getting Tony back, you know, even though, hey, uh, you mentioned it earlier, uh, mm-hmm. so I can say this on the air, Georgia's supposed to get all their players back too. Yeah. So like it's a hundred percent, hundred percent, to a degree. I, to I a know degree, you, right? Yeah, you, yeah. You watched your quarterback for the year. So I mean, um, so yeah, and, and a, we'll see. And, and just like yeah, you guys, you know, yeah, Cadre may play, but how healthy is he? Yes. Gennard, no, Zaniga may same play. Thing with, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing with so, him and Tony. Like, because yeah. look, I, and I saw I saw the players comment like, "Oh, Tony hasn't lost a step." I mean, well, that sounds great, right. but what happens whenever he gets hit or yeah. he's under a pile? You know, how does that ankle look then? Um, but no, I there's just a part of me that just doesn't trust um doesn't trust Coley. And I'm gonna go thirty one twenty seven Florida as much as people are gonna get upset at me for saying that. But I mean it's just it's just the way I feel. I wanna be right more than be a homer, you know, like yeah, believe, believe, believe me. I heard I heard it from the Gator fan base when I didn't pick us to beat LSU. So believe me, <laughs> I, I know, I know. Well, I mean, two years in a row now, I picked us to lose against Auburn and I picked us to lose against LSU both times. And guess what? Hey, we lost those games. And dude, I got because you see me every week on my Facebook. I post my picks. Yeah. I catch so much crap every yeah. year when I pick the one loss. Right. And do people not realize it's almost impossible to go undefeated in college football? That's the thing. Yep, like it, it's, it's hard. You you have to pick a loss somewhere more than likely. I mean, you, yeah. ha- you, you the, the law of averages say you have you know you kind of have to. 
Well, listen, man, uh, David, I, I know you're a busy man. You're going to probably do 20 more hits of this throughout the week. <laughs> um, I, I just, I, I appreciate you coming on and just chatting with me. Um, I know one thing, it's going to be an awesome game to watch. Yep. Um, I hope that you have a fun time. I hope you um, are responsible with, oh, yeah. your, with, your, with your drinking down there. Um, and I just hope that you enjoy yourself. And maybe, maybe... James Coley will become a, a good offensive coordinator. <laughs> so, um, if you have any last word, oh, go, go ahead, but really quick, uh, sh- uh, share everyone what podcast you're from just so they can hear yeah. you. Uh, Gators Breakdown. Everybody can find that at newsforjacks.com slash Gators Breakdown, especially this week. A whole lot of Florida Georgia coverage, you know, with the game being here in town and, and the news station I work for who uh, partners with the podcast with me. So, you know, if people want to know where to go, what's going on Friday night, what's going on Saturday night, news4jacks.com slash Gators Breakdown has you covered there. And find the podcast, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, all those versions out there. However you want Gators Breakdown, you can find it. And everybody can follow me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. David, thank you so much again for joining us. Um, look forward to the game this weekend. Um, and as, as I will end this podcast every time I host, I hope you guys have a wonderful week and go and be great.